0: Casting crew ready to go, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Josh Santos on tech. Colorado uses three goals, guys, in a little over two minutes, and seals the deal versus the Edmonton Oilers. Four nothing, and a game two victory. JB, how you doing, pal? I'm doing good, Kipper. How are you doing? You have another night
1: out in the city, or what?
0: Yeah, took it easy last night. Just a little family time, a little calmness. Uh, <laughs> went out for some Mexican. Nice, nice, nice patio. All good. Now, you know, I, I sense in the last few days, jealousy is too strong of a word, JB. So I'll, I'll, I'll no, say. No, it's that not. You're, li- you're a little envious.
1: <laughs> oh my God, I'd say it's I- too weak
0: of
2: a word.
1: My, my favorite thing on this planet is, is New York City, and my favorite thing, even with that, is not having somewhere to be. You know, like, no itinerary. Like, you've just got a day or two in the city to kind of go where you want to go. It, yeah, I mean, pretty much. The options are limitless.
0: They are, and I know you've got uh, great New York experience on on the Islander side. I'm happy to take you under my wing and bring you in under a New York Ranger side of it. Uh, (laughs) One day soon, I promise you.
1: Yeah, well, listen, I'll take you up on that in the city, but just keep me out of Madison Square. I don't need to be near all those Rangers logos. (laughs) I've only been
2: to New York once, boys, and I was like... 14 I went with my mom and my cousin so I need to return when I'm of age I think
0: oh I, I think I
1: need
2: to
0: do I think we can make you a third wheel on our uh on our little <laughs> mini trip Sammy for sure the, uh, we're talking. the
1: Long Island Railroad goes like right from uh Bree's family's place in Green Lawn right into Grand Central or I guess right into uh by Madison Square there it's a uh, I've hopped on many times and spent wandered around just love it kipper
0: I also got a good hour yesterday to meet up with a teammate of mine, Adam Graves. So I've convinced him in about 20 minutes to join us and and talk a little bit about not only what the Rangers are going through now, uh, but maybe what that kid line is going through with the New York Rangers. Once upon a time, we can remember uh, a Stanley Cup out of Edmonton without the likes of a Gretzky or a Paul Coffey. And Adam was a part of a kid line back then with Martin Jelena and Joe Murphy. You guys were probably a little too young. <laughs> yes. But he. But we'll get we'll get Adam on soon to talk about that. But before we do uh, any more, let's just go back last night in terms of the expectations you had going into Game Two for Edmonton and JB. Uh, a lot of people who bet the over aren't too very aren't very happy are they today
1: no and you know what it wasn't like the game slowed to a defensive halt or anything like that like the goaltenders weren't terrible the puck didn't go in the net uh, i mean the the game opened up with that De- devon taves rush where he just made the Edmonton D look like paper and you know juke through him. Mike Smith made a couple of great saves early. Still, uh, lots of offensive action for uh, for a four nothing score. What did you make of it?
0: Well, first of all, just on that Devon Tabe's rush, like in the first minute, I'm watching this thing and I don't. It was a line change. It was actually Nugent Hopkins back there doing the Statue of Liberty. Is that who that he, was. Yeah, I think it, oh. it was a forward. Yeah, it, it ended up being Nugent Hopkins back there. And, like, what an unbelievable opportunity in the first minute. And if if that was any sense at all for the Edmonton Oilers, um, wow. I mean, a lot of people were probably excited watching Taves go down there, uh, anticipating another 8-6 game. But yeah. certainly it, it wasn't a good look for the Oilers early.
1: No, it wasn't. And I I thought the whole game, like – I expected to see them lock down on the Avs in terms of being above guys. Like, if you're going to be a guy who's not McDavid or, you know, one of the top scorers, for God's sakes, play defense. Wayne Gretzky told you you need to play more defense. And, and I still thought, you know, they're on the wrong side of the play a lot. And uh, it's not nearly enough to slow down that Avalanche team. We know the firepower they've got. That,
2: that's, I mean, that's the number one thing that people point to when they talk about the Matthews versus McDavid thing, right? That's like their, the biggest argument on the on the Matthews side of things is that oftentimes Matthews is on the right side of pucks, and I felt like last night, they're kind of having a tough go here with potentially them, I don't know, I just feel like they're not beat in this series by down 2-0, but I think they're probably looking at themselves in the mirror thinking, do we have the manpower to be able to pull this off, no?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, that's... That's bang on. That, that's been my my take watching that last night. Is can you organize that Edmonton team in a way that, you know, they can they can hang with Colorado? I don't know. As good as Mike Smith can be, it's it's tough to see a way that they can find their way back in this.
0: All right. Do we have the proper pronunciation for you, Sammy, on Franços Are you okay with that? Are you going to get to know him in the next little while?
2: Yeah. How, listen, I, I was impressed. How, how big of a story was that going into Game Two? I think it was a huge story going into Game Two, but I also think that I mean that was a Chris Osgood uh, late '90s shutout with the with the the Detroit Red Wings. There, I, I, like I think he made a couple great saves, but the Colorado Avalanche did an excellent job of limiting the the Edmonton Oilers like they're get they talked about it in the post game but it was something that I was watching they're getting nothing off the rush boys like the 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 Devon Taves Kyle McCarr matchup versus McDavid it's just like he's limited he can't he like he's fast he's amazing he does whatever he wants but like those guys are really really solid and I think about that play in the maybe the first minute of the game was it where McDavid comes flying down the right wing he tries to do his signature toe drag to the outside cut into the middle. And Kyle McCarr is like, nah, no. Nope. Just poke checks him, lifts his stick, takes the puck, and he burns it the other way. Like, listen, I like the Calgary Flames. I like what they did all year. I think Dale Sutter, did I see that he won coach? Like, listen, they're a good, good team, but this is a completely different animal defensively. Like, that matchup is a tough one for McDavid. JB, you want
0: to jump in on that, or do you want to listen to Connor on his game? We've got that Kippers clip, and then we can play off of that.
1: Yeah, let's start with the clip.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, probably haven't been at the at the the top of my game here. Um, you know, they've they've done a good job of uh, limiting chances and stuff like that. And, um, yeah,
0: <laughs> he knows he he knows the drop off, and yeah. the, and it's simple. The Oilers go nowhere if there is a drop off on his game. And just to touch on. Sammy's point about the the McCarr uh, poke check, uh, the the job of McCarr and uh, Devon Taves against Connor, I thought were was terrific. And it's not about running these guys out of the building. It's not playing the body. It's great stick position. Yeah. They did an incredible job of keeping Connor out of the middle of the ice. They pushed everything to the wall. He had no mm-hmm. access, not even close to the same look that he had against Calgary has he gotten in two games versus the Abs?
1: Yeah, it, it looks at times like he's surprised that the defense can skate with him. You know, usually when he's on that bird, he got that puck, the player talking about Sammy, he got the puck in his own end with crossovers, like wound up, you know, oh, yeah. top he gear. top for, speed. Like, that's a free pass for him for the most part. So to have a guy skating with him and, like, pretty easily, like, I, I just don't think he ever expects to have to pull up and cut above a guy when he gets his wheels going like that. So, uh, you know, for one, they got the, the manpower that can move with them. And then, yeah, you know, it's, I think they've made such a concerted effort to focus on him. Life has gotten a lot harder for him. He's playing physical, which is nice. I think that's at least he's he's trying to try to be effective without the offense. You know, through a couple of good checks, but uh, great job containing him on the the tougher side for for Colorado. And the the gap.
2: I think those are the only two guys defensive, defensively, maybe in the NHL, that could keep that gap that they kept on him too. Where they really have the ability. To really play off him a little bit and then kind of step up on him and have the ability to even turn back with him as well. Like the way they're, cl- they're keeping the gaps on him, I'm just, I'm blown away by McCarr, man. Like I know I watched him all year, I've watched him in these playoffs, but these first two games, what he's doing with McDavid is the most impressive part of it. Because listen, hmm. what did we talk about with McDavid? We were talking about he was the best player in the history of the NHL, that like he's an unstoppable force. At- and now he just looks like a stoppable force because he's going up against Makar. I'm blown away by how good he's looked through these first two games.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, uh, JB, you touched it. You have to have the speed to keep up with him, and McCarr does that. Uh, Devon Taves is up to the challenge, and another guy where we, were, we weren't we were even sure at Christmas where he was, and that's Bowen Byram, guys. Yes. He's, and he's... Oh, yeah. Guys, he's also very close to being that guy that could keep up uh, with a McDavid. He's just missing uh, more experience. But between Mm -hmm. the three of them now on that blue line, and again, uh, Byram uh, had a handful of games before 2022. We weren't even sure if we were going to see him at all this season. And what has he done at the age of 20 now for Colorado?
1: I know, and and how about... You know, the way that this team has been built. So uh, Byram, I I think, is a guy that because he's had concussions, he hasn't had a chance to get going or show what he can do. He's like peak form right now, and it is making a huge difference for that avalanche decor. But, you know, give their pro uh, scouting staff credit, guys. Look at their team. Uh, Sean Simpson had a tweet earlier today. They got Caudry for Barry and Kerfoot. They get Taves for two second rounders. What a win that is. They get Byram in the Matt Duchesne trade. They get Gerard for Turris, who they wanted to get out of there. They get Burakovsky for a second and a third. They get Nechushkin and François just assigned free agencies. Like, what an incredible job and, of building that team has been.
2: And not to mention, the guy that I was so impressed with last night is Lekanen. What a trade that was! Yeah. He is an absolute dog on a bone. He fits I, perfectly with Audrey and Retton. I
0: I I hope people aren't overly surprised at how good Lekkenen is because we saw him in Montreal. Yes. And this guy is now in his peak. He's 26 years old. He's a legitimate, you know, 20 goal scorer, but can check. And when mm-hmm. you factor in, guys, when you factor in those. Those deadline deals, and if you're going to give up first and second rounders, then you've got to hit it out of the park. Andrew cop, New York Rangers, in Colorado. That you can't miss on those. Did when they you're give up a first in Was it a if, first? If, I felt it,
1: like it was if, a
0: second. It might have been a conditional. For me, I would have given up a first for him, mm-hmm. uh, but but maybe you can revisit that one yeah, i'm not even yeah. sure what it was but it was a high pick and maybe a, a body as well it but was justin second, rounder, second or, round pick
1: yeah there you go
0: okay yeah second round pick uh cop was a second round pick that turned into a first if they got to a conference final but those those you can't miss you know and we know what the example is uh, you know nick felino for toronto first and a fourth you can't miss on those or you pay a a dear price for it, but, uh, outstanding, a horse out there.
1: And I think a conference final is where you call that trade a win. If you get Mm -hmm. to play in the third round, you know, you've given these guys, you have a chance at that point, you're down to the final four teams. It's a success. You don't have to win a cup. My point here is the Nick Paul trade for Tampa is another example of of one where you go. Yeah. Yeah. No brainer expensive, but that's a win for them too.
2: I was just going to say, I mean, we, we talk got, about Leckon and we talk about that line, but we, my group, we got, chapters... oh, go ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm taking you there, Sammy. Don't okay. jump the shark right now, okay?
0: Because <laughs> I'm taking you there. Take now, uh, uh, a colleague of mine for many years, Chris Johnson, of course, uh, you know, does a lot on, on the Leafs. And I read a, a, a tweet by him. And by the way, Sammy, we are taking tweets. It's Friday, right? So yeah, later on in the tweets. show. Texts and tweets we're going to take, so get those ready for us, everybody who's listening. But when when Chris Johnson is now uh, sending out a tweet and he says, of all the players shown the door by the Leafs in recent years, Nazem Kadri truly is the one that got away. And, hey, Chris Uh, is fairly, you know, he's he's pretty good to Kyle Dubas, but when when Chris Johnson's giving it to Kyle Dubas on (laughs) Kadri, you know – what everybody else is thinking about Kadri now and, yeah. and, and the and the guy that got away from the Leafs.
1: Massive L. You know, Sammy's done his, his Leaf fan Ls. Just a massive but L. It would be I, so different if you had two guys contributing, you know, and not just Kerfoot.
2: I – my group chats, like, it's like it's every Avs game. It's like, oh, better get ready for the, the, the group chats to be ablaze about Kadri. Like, it's just – I – I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but, like, how does Dubis sleep at night with that trade? Like, I don't mean that, like, as a watch, No, it's getting worse every game. It's
1: awful. How and good was he last night in that stretch of play, which we need to talk about? But
2: I just, he must not watch hockey right now, right? Like, there's no way he's watching this. If he, he like, there's no way, like he's watching Hyman on the other side, he's watching Kadri be on this second line on that team that's dominating. Like, what's I saw some nerd stats about them yesterday, like their expected goals. They're just kicking the absolute crap out of the Oilers' second line. And it's just, I don't know how he sleeps at night. If I made that trade, I would never sleep again. If he's watching, it better be on an empty
0: stomach because whatever's <laughs> in it is coming up.
1: That's it. Uh, That's it. It's a total, it's a total loss. Let's 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 talk about that three two minute segment there. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, Where unbelievable. That this team can explode. Well, I, I want to get. I think we have Jay Woodcroft's take on it. Just unbelievable to me how. You cannot let your guard down for two minutes against the best teams, particularly the best offensive teams. You just can't sleep. There's no moments where you can go, all right, well, you know, now we're into the flow of the game where they can absolutely explode. That was the avalanche at their best right there, and Caudry in particular. All right, let's go to
0: Jay Woodcroft for another clip uh, on, on the quick av goals and what he thought of them.
1: When I thought it was a really competitive uh, first period I I. Thought we laid it on the line, especially finding ourselves down, uh, shorthanded. Like
0: you said, six minutes I think in the first period. Um, you know, I thought we pushed back. We
1: generated some offense, and um, you know, like you said, that that little uh, span in the second period uh, really hurt us. Took uh, the wind out of our
0: sails, um, and we weren't able to generate what we wanted to generate as the game wore on so uh, it's hard not if you're jay behind the scenes to be finger pointing at a few guys including some bad decisions uh where do you want to start with them A bad pass by darnell nurse uh a bad pinch by evan bouchard Where, where do you go jb when you
2: when you look at the tape Do we have a JD I think JB is muted?
1: Sorry, boys, i There you go. Um I, I want to start with Nurse. You know, for me, game one, he's dead last on the Oilers and expected goals percentage, you know, completely underwater in his minutes. Seventy percent of the goals uh, should have gone against Edmonton with him on the ice. And then last night, he's dashed three in that two minute span where kind of a weak indecisive turnover on the one, a lost puck battle on the second. Yeah, he's hung out to dry in the third one. Uh but you know, for me, the Edmonton Oilers need a great number one D man, and he has struggled. I know he's been hurt, and he can be better, but boy, it's been a struggle for him through two games.
0: He's hurting, Sammy. There's no question, oh. and I, I, I like at, at some point you got to weigh out how bad he he feels, and if he's only at a sixty or seventy um, you, percent, you'd rather sit him on the bench or give him a a, a, a night off than. And take the chance of of a guy being a dash three, uh, you know, in game three. Yeah, he,
2: he, Go ahead, uh, Sam. Woodcroft Woodcroft got asked post game and he, about him, and he just was like, "Yeah, he's giving us all he's got. He's a warrior." So yeah, it's listen. I'm watching it, and it's hard. It's hard to watch. Like I know like you you wanna be better and like you wanna be out there with your teammates and everything, but like at some point, like Kipper said, it reaches the point where you're hurting your team and he did it last night. Like yeah. I, I I don't but I don't know who you put in. Like you're just gonna bring up a black ace and put him in it's the playoffs. That's I know. what happens. You Broberg, just gotta eat it.
0: First rounder, you know, Philip uh uh Broberg maybe. I I don't know, but at least it's a healthy body and it's when you yeah. talk about even a wraparound you know, on the Leckoning goal where it's just a soft D-to-D on a guy that's getting eaten up on a four check. I mean, that's, that's not Darnell Nurse, guys. That, no. That's, and you, not, and you that's look, not the Kipper, real D.
1: You look at this, uh, at the, other, the four teams left standing. So I don't believe that there's a ton of thread between Stanley Cup champions. Like, they're different years and different builds and yada yada. But almost everyone – Almost everyone has a great number one D-man. It's yes. Dano Chara, it's Drew Doughty, it's Duncan Keith of the Blackhawks, it's Petrangelo, it's Victor Hedman. That's a theme. Look at the four teams left in playoffs. Adam Fox, Norris, Victor Hedman, Norris, Kel yeah. McCarr, likely Norris. Edmonton doesn't have one. And Darnell Nurse has to be the best he can be to be close yeah. to that to have a chance.
0: Yeah. It's funny, you know, you look at all the Canadian teams... Calgary doesn't have one either, and Morgan Riley's the closest, but we don't have him as a real elite high-end. He's high the grocery
1: end. stick between the elite high-end and the other tier.
0: <laughs> and, and that's that's the one thing that's missing
2: out of those Canadian teams. is uh, has, That's an interesting question. Who has the best number one defenseman is,
1: in Canada? Is it Quinn Hughes or Thomas Shabbat? I was going to or... say Chabot.
2: Yeah.
0: I think, Shabbat's, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think Shabbat's got the highest ceiling.
1: Yeah. It's probably Riley today. I mean, maybe Hughes. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, that's that's something. You want to play Kadri on on the depth? Um, we've got a clip of, uh, of Nash. For sure.
1: Well, well, that's kind of been the story all year, right? Just, uh, you know. Guys in and out of the lineup, injuries, you know, and uh, we, to, to still have the record that we had is, uh, you know, when you think about it, it's pretty impressive. So, you know, that just speaks volume of the depth on this team. And, uh, you know, we all know playoff hockey, once, uh, you know, it gets down to four or two teams, I mean, that's going to be uh, a difference maker for sure. So everyone contributes and, you know, it's uh, it's definitely hard to match up with.
0: Now, I'm not one of those guys to pat myself on the back because who knows what next game can bring. But do you remember when I told you guys that I guarantee you he won't do anything stupid in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I remember it. I remember remember it. it? I remember it because I've been hanging on to it to throw it back in your face, but I haven't (laughs) got the chance yet. (laughs) And like I said, I don't know
0: what tomorrow brings, but right now, he is making a lot of people uh eat their words that uh that he's someone that should have been kicked to the curb by
1: now god a naz kadri stanley cup lift is going to be a tough watch sam uh,
0: <laughs> boys wait wait till wait till he brings it back to toronto oh. and starts and they might starts, have to... uh, going oh. up and down young street with it Go, Bolts, go.
2: Oh, yeah, but then the Bolts... <laughs> hey, oh, no, the Bolts beat the Leafs. I just, there's no win. There's no... I guess the Rangers are the only team that you can survive it, right? That's the only yeah. team left that has he, no real, like, is, connection. What is he doing right
0: now to his uh, UFA status, Oof. JV? Where's where's that ceiling? And, and, and I threw out Boston uh, mm-hmm. a, a week ago, but... It, it, Where's his ceiling now for for what could happen after this playoff run for him?
1: I I mean it's obviously the dollars are going up, but like the guy turns 32 this year, this October, so that's a bit of a stretch. But he's 31 yeah. right now, like he's not young. So how many years is anyone going to give him? Likely, no one's going to offer more than what we think you get a five year deal.
0: I, it depends on the term. If you want to go, if you want to go seven plus. You can convince Oof. him to take maybe four years. Yeah. Would you that's give him twenty? Was... Would you give him uh, twenty-eight over four?
1: <laughs> in a second.
2: Yes, that's what I think is going to happen. Now, I don't think necessarily the term of his next contract's going up, but the AAV certainly is. I, well, like, then seven, I don't se- think seven, seven and a half
0: for four years, maybe, or eight yeah. for four years.
1: I, I mean, what do I he can... finished in the NHL in points this year? He had yeah. to be top twenty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he got hurt you know he got hurt at the end uh but uh certainly a a, a guy that can knock on the door of 90 points uh in, in the right environment that's for sure all right as promised uh, at the beginning of the show i mentioned uh uh once upon a time part of a kid line out of the edmonton oiler organization of course i remember him best with our stanley cup in 1994 let's welcome in adam graves gravy how are you pal
3: that's uh, it fantastic Kipper. Thank you very much. And how are you guys doing?
0: Uh we're doing great. Uh of course, uh we got a chance to catch up uh, yesterday afternoon and uh thanks for uh following up with our Real Kipper and Born show. Uh we're excited to have you and just in terms of now, you know, the uh the energy in the city again, um it, it does it bring you back to 1994. I know you were part of the organization uh Uh, a few years ago when they got to a Stanley Cup final. But uh, tell us how this is different.
3: Well, I I think for many reasons, and certainly, uh, as we all know, there's so many things that are bigger than the game of hockey. And and, uh, although we, the people that you meet along the way, and uh, I think the impact it can have in your community uh, is is the most important thing. But I think when you uh, go through what we've gone through, you know, uh, in the entire world over the last two or two and a half years, and then all of a sudden you get into a, a spring where the weather starts to change. And some of the things that you, you love doing before and some of the things that were so celebrated and the Rangers for Ranger fans down here is, is one of those uh, important things in their lives that uh, the gardens energy is, it seems like it's gone back to a, a level that uh, we haven't seen for oh, maybe even a couple decades. It's, it's been terrific. Uh, and this uh, young Ranger team, as you know, Kip is uh, is as explosive and and certainly they're young. Uh, You see the kid line, as you mentioned uh, earlier, and and, uh, Hedl and and Lafreniere and Kako, uh, his down-low cycle play. I mean, there's so many exciting things. And then the uh, leadership group, and certainly it starts with the goaltender, Shesterka.
1: So looking at this team, you know, I, I think a great surprise for a Rangers fan going into the year. I don't know that expectations were quite this high. What have been the positive turns that have allowed this team to go as far as they have versus uh, you know, what was expected going into the year?
3: Well, I, I think it starts in the Nets. Uh, and when you have a uh, probably a Bessina Trophy winner, and you see the way uh, not only his hockey sense and, and the way he reads the play, Uh, but his ability to move the puck and and the young defense, he he has a way of getting out and making plays. In fact, I would say that that pass that uh, a lot of us were lucky enough to watch against Pittsburgh might've been one of the best passes, period. Forget about goaltender passes, best passes period in the last decade uh, where he sauced it, uh, you know, seven or eight feet in the air, perfectly dropping it on Savannah Jed's stick at the far blue line. And, uh, and certainly the bread man had the, uh, uh, the smarts not to touch it and knew it wasn't for him, uh, and that ended up in Kreider scoring a, a goal. But for me, he has so many elements of his game. And then you look at the back end. You have uh, Fox, who is a Norris Trophy winner. Lindgren, when he's healthy, is he can hit and he's physical. Truba is probably playing the best hockey of his career. He's a punishing guy. He brings an element that not too many players have. Young Snyder, who is just a young kid, uh, you know, under 20. And he's come in uh, this year, and you'd think he's played for five or six years. And then Keandre Miller's game is getting better every night. This this kid is a wonderful player with a great stick and athletic. And then up front, you have two scoring lines. Your power play is 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 terrific. And then with the additions that Chris Drury is, you know, with Cop and. And, and and guys of, of uh, you know that nature Reeves, they play four lines. They roll them over. Gerard Gallant's an excellent coach, as we know. Guys play hard for them. I think there's eight or nine guys in the, rain, in the Ranger lineup that have had career years. And and the environment is is one of those where they're young, and they're just playing, and they're having fun, and uh, they're a close knit group, and it's it's fun to watch. And it's as a you know part of the bigger Ranger family. I'm proud to to watch these guys, and, and uh, they're all very character people. So it's it's fun.
0: We're joined by Adam Graves, uh, New York Ranger great and, uh, of course, uh, a long career in the National Hockey League. Gravy, uh, once upon a time, you were part of a kid line that sparked a Stanley Cup uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. and. Uh, There was no Gretzky. There was no coffee. I think Grant was injured at the time and and little expectations. Uh, Of course, you, Joe Murphy, and Martin Jelena. What do you remember about that experience and what maybe those Ranger kids are going through today?
3: Hey, Kip, that was 32 years ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I remember like it was yesterday, Gravy. That's scary.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, I still remember. Uh, anyway, I've, and I've chatted a little bit about this, and, and I say this because it was it was interesting, starting in Detroit, and as, as you know, Kipper, growing up and being at uh, Seneca College and us uh, being uh, uh, boyhood friends and then playing against each other when Kipper was up in uh, North Bay, scoring 60 goals a year, and then um, getting to the National Hockey League for, for all of us, it's like you're trying to figure out, first of all for me at that at time, do I belong? can I play in this, this league? And, and I played parts of uh, two or three years in Detroit and I didn't play a lot. And when I went to Edmonton during that first uh, regular season, I didn't play a lot. I was on third, fourth line uh, and just trying to, to figure out where I kind of fit in and then got into the playoffs and it uh, was put on a line with uh, Marty and, and Murph. And all of a sudden things started to come together. And, and quite frankly, uh, once they started to come together, then your, your confidence, uh, increases, and then you start to feel like you belong, and you can't get ahead of yourself, and you you, you never uh, feel, uh, I, I guess, relaxed about it. But for us, we just we we're just trying to provide energy and go out there and, and play. And our whole thing was was aggression and, and energy and cycle. And, and in many ways, uh, uh, this kid line in, in New York here with Hedo and, and Hedo as an example. Yeah, you know, I think he's had eight goals the previous two years. And he's just trying to figure it out. 22-year-old kid just trying to figure it out. Now all of a sudden he's got uh, seven or eight goals. He's got four goals in the last couple games. And he's really, you can see when he gets a puck on his stick, and the way his feet are moving. And he's gotten stronger. He's bigger and he's stronger. And now the game's starting. He's starting to process. And and the game in in many ways is slowing down for him. Uh, Lafreniere, for me, people in Canada know World Juniors he was at his best cuz he'd come out of the gate and he would run a couple guys over early in the game and he was spectacular when they won the gold medal it all started with him and the, and that's the way he's playing now he's got the confidence cuz he's he's still young you know and i say that these guys that are young you come in at 18 19 you're, you you don't have that you know that man strength is what i call it he's he's more a boy turning into a man but now he's starting to get stronger, and he's, and he's getting confidence. And, and Kako's been hurt for good stretches over the last couple of years. But when he's on, he cycles, and he's, he's a big guy, and he's really hard to control down low. So when you put all that together with the confidence, with the maturity, they're just going out there. They're having fun. They're playing, and they're in this together, and they're figuring out that they can play in this league. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's fun. And I think Ranger fans are really enjoying watching them play.
1: Adam, maybe you can take us back to that mindset. So, like, before you were an established guy and you weren't playing a whole ton, you talked about that, and Kipper, you can weigh in on this too, but I'm fascinated by the guys – who are effective for teams in in few minutes right now? So watching like what Maroon Perry and Belmar do for Tampa, they're so good. Comfort, O'Connor, and Helm, those guys have made a big difference for Colorado and and the kid line for the Rangers. How do you still find a way to be effective when they put you out in the rink for seven minutes and you got to sit there for two and a half hours trying to get a piece of those minutes?
3: Well, it's it's one of those things where uh, you can't witness if one of those players and one of those parts of the team and and quite frankly in in 94 we don't win if if we don't have eddie Olchuk and and we don't have uh mike hartman and and some of the guys that weren't playing all the time we don't win so so for for me looking at the entire lineup you have to be ready and when you're called upon you're going to play an important role and maroon is is a perfect example he's he's going for his, his Know, fourth uh, cup in a row. I mean, he, he's a guy that uh, when you watch him, he handles the puck very well, and and he's hard to play against. And 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 certainly uh, when you can roll over four lines, and and uh, and as we've talked about, the top players on Tampa are are, are a group that uh, has played their best hockey at the most important time. You can see it when you watch him play, and they have a real heaviness to their game. You know, you you really have to work to get into those scoring areas and you, you, you have to be ready to play when you play against them. And you can see it out on the ice and probably even more so as the series goes on. It'll get heavier and heavier where those those prime areas are going to be tougher to get to. And therefore, you have to bear down. And in order to do that, you need to play four lines. You need to have everyone engaged and everyone playing and, and uh, playing the same way. And there's so much skill in the NHL. It's, it's incredible how many skilled players and it goes up and down the lineup and, and it's never been more skilled. The game's getting better in my opinion all the time, but the guys that are on the third and fourth line can all skate there. They all have great puck skills. You watch them in practice. You'd you'd be like, Oh, that guy's like, he's on the third line. or something. the fourth, incredible athletes. And for me, Everyone uh, takes a, takes a role, and I think with the teams that are uh, still remaining in, in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs here, they all have important players up and down their lineups.
0: The, the the thing for me, Gravy, is is the guys that are playing in the bottom six and their ability uh, to to make decisions and uh, limit you know the the dangers the dangerous situations in those limited minutes like as a fourth liner if i'm if i'm out there only seven minutes i can't afford to make bad decisions so i'm going to play the percentages and get a puck in deep whereas if there's another guy who has now got a broader range of what he thinks he can do out there he may take a gamble of a of a toe drag at the blue line and 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 I would, I would never do that. I, I don't think Maroon would ever do that. Those guys on those limited minutes have to make key decisions, so you don't spend uh, a lot of your shifts in your own zone. Um, and, and that was the case, I think, for Edmonton last night when I'm watching McLeod and uh, some of those guys. You know, R- Ryan, they're 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 in their own zone. Um, they're not. They're not, uh, you know, 200 feet uh, on on a on a hard momentum push, and I think that's that's probably where where you were gravy in 1990 with Jelena and and Murphy.
3: Oh, absolutely! But even even when I started to play more Kipper, I never quite figured out the toe drag. But uh, still to this day, <laughs> I'm still working on it. <laughs> I, figured, I figured out the dump and chase part pretty well, and, uh, and and I also figured out when I got the puck to pass it to number eleven. I was really good at that. <laughs> so, so but, but I, but yeah, I, I, I agree totally. And, and another a, a example of that is, is Goudreau coming back for, for us in New York here and what he means to the special teams. And there, and there's players that you're going to find that and, and Goudreau is like, he's like, he's like a Swiss army knife. He's so valuable. Such a great character guy. He can go up and down your, your lineup, play on any four lines, totally comfortable, play center, play the wing, his penalty killing, all these different things. And and, uh, even uh, a a guy like Reeves, not only is he a glue guy that everyone in the locker room loves, and he's such a great teammate, but he is a smart player. You get him on the ice and he always makes smart decisions. He knows that every chance he gets, he's going to finish his check. And I would say that in the Stanley cup playoffs, that becomes where uh, new and old mesh together a little bit, where it gets a little heavier, where, you can go through periods during the season where there's not a lot of hitting or even you get the odd games where you say, hey are no hitters, they're skilled, but they're, they're no hitters. Whereas every playoff game, every player is finishing the, their checks and you can see in the other conference the best players and players in the other conference are finishing their checks and going, oh wow, that guy finished the check. yeah, because it's for the Stanley Cup and every piece of ice becomes that much more difficult to skate through and you're trying to wear down the other team, and you're doing anything you can. So in many ways, you're you're bringing other elements. that you probably over 82 games that you, you don't need to, and, and sorry, it, it, it's just uh, you can't sustain it. But for this sh- shorter run, two months, it is one of those where you're trying to wear down your, your, your teammates and four lines, and as you said, Kipper, everyone's got to be responsible at the blue lines, those gray areas. So from the top of the circles to the blue line, and then conversely, from just the uh, face-off dots just outside the blue line in, you don't want to turn the puck over going into the offensive zone or coming out of your zone. You want to make sure plays all the time, and and it becomes even more important when you are, you know, you're not as uh, one of those creative, gifted superstar, you know, guys on on your uh-huh. team. You're not given as much leeway. But in the playoffs, everyone's kind of dialed into that because one play can turn a series, as you know.
0: Well, listen, and and when you win Stanley Cups, everybody's going to look first at your your top three or four guys on the depth chart, uh, uh, you know, and then you get into that that space of maybe your fourth to your ninth. Forward and we were talking about Lekkonen last night for Colorado. You mentioned now Goudreau, Barkley Goudreau back for, for the Rangers. I go back to R ninety four with Stefan Matteau and Brian Noonan. And there is uh the the the, the, the bond uh throughout your lineup uh that, that glues one to twelve uh in your lineup, gravy. Yeah, absolutely, and and I can
3: say like, with with Mot being healthy and in and and Cop, uh, what he's meant to to, to he's he's an average. I think he's a point a game guy since he, he, was, he was traded to the Rangers, and 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 Vetrano, uh, has timely goals again the other night. Timely goals. He's a guy that really hounds the puck. So when it it really brings in completely, as you said, kipper it brings another wave, and and you you, you know. Uh, with uh, Mika, the way he's 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 playing, he's one of the premier players in, in the league, and 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 certainly Panera, and I don't have to say anything about him. We've all watched him. He has that that special hockey sense and skill and talent. And then then Kreider, who uh, over the last twelve thirteen years is, is just been uh, uh, his game has just got gotten better and better and better. He's six three, two hundred and thirty pounds. He skates like the wind. He's got unbelievable hands. And now, for me, he's really figured figured out that small area game in front of a net. And he's as good as uh, I've seen in a long time. And he's going to continue to do it because he's such a uh, character guy. But you win. You certainly have to have your, your best guys have to be the best players. And and for, for the Rangers, we we, we we know who they are and starts, starts in net. But you also have to have your, your, your entire lineup being the best that they can be because you, you win as a team, and that's the great part about hockey. And, and, and for me, watching these Stanley, I don't think hockey's been any, ever any better than it is right now. It's been incredible, uh, this, this journey, not just in New York, but watching games every night on both sides. And some of these uh, you know, players throughout the league, these superstars are just incredible players, and they're fun to watch.
0: It's been fun, Gravy. Before I let you go, you you said it that we we grew up uh, together as teenagers. Uh, I can't let you go without mentioning that we worked uh, to tell the guys that we worked at a hockey school called this uh, called Seneca College. It was run by longtime NHL official Vern Buffy. All right, listen listen to the names of the instructors at this hockey school: Adam Graves. Eric Lindros, Brad May, myself, Steve Spott, long-time uh, uh, coach in the National Hockey League, two-time Stanley Cup champion uh, for Pittsburgh, Jim Pack, Glenn Featherstone, Brian Wilkes. Who am I missing? Craig Woodcroft, an Olympian. uh, Peter Peter DeBoer made a cameo. Peter 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 DeBoer DeBoer. made a cameo.
3: and, And Kipper, when I was a kid, I actually think Koff uh, uh, taught there, Steve Payne taught there, because I, Spotter and I went there uh, as kids to this, because there's a community hockey school. I'll never forget uh, how great a man, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the guys were, that uh, were, 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 Vern Buffy in particular, that, that was running that hockey school, and giving us a chance. And, and uh, I know, Kipper, we talked about this before, one of the best things that I was, or gifts I was ever given, was the opportunity to be a gopher. And so a gopher was a junior instructor, and I would go in uh, with spotter, and we would take the lunches over to the lunchroom. We'd get uh, newspapers for the instructors and coffees, and we would tie skates. So within a week, your hands would be completely – you'd have tape all over them because of blisters. And uh, But at the end of the day, every day, you would have the opportunity to go on the ice and play for an hour or two against all these great players. And as, as a kid, 13, 14 years old, you could hardly keep up but it did wonders for your game. And you know who was one of the best skipper? One of the best players skating uh, every night for years was Angela James, Hall of Famer. Yes. And wonderful was, lady. and, and great I was friend. just
0: about to mention her as well. She was an instructor as well. She would come out on the ice and she would play with us uh, because we got the ice for an hour after uh, the kids were finished at four, four o'clock. We had some of the best skates there. Uh, great memories, man. Absolutely great memories. Hey, yeah. Gravy. Really appreciate your time.
3: Well, I, I look forward to uh, watching the game tonight together, buddy. Thank you. All right, have a great Thank day, you, guys. Gravy. All Thanks right, so we'll see much. you soon,
0: Adam Graves. What an interview! Fifty goal scorer. We, we we had the best time at that hockey school. I mentioned Brian Wilkes, another uh, former NHLer. There was one time that Brian ke- comes out and he goes, "I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna teach uh, the kids a new shot." Or are like, what, "What do you?" So he, he invented the the backhanded slap shot. <laughs> hey, and Never was, caught on, eh? No, no. I'm telling you right now, today, the backhanded slap shot would rival the Michigan. <laughs> all right. All right. I can, sla- I can do a backhanded slap shot. I know. I know. It's a, I it's got a that bit trick of a windmill. Of it's a bit of a windmill, but it can be pulled off. Yeah. All good. All good. Okay, are we going to take a quick break here, guys? Yeah, we... We better. We're going to break right, into better. our
1: next break. All right. <laughs> okay,
0: we're back after this, and we're going to take some of your questions, some of your tweets, uh, all after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born.
1: Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays, Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Justin Moore Sammy McKee and Nick Kiprios here is truly coming to you from Midtown Manhattan in anticipation of game two New York Rangers Tampa Bay Lightning I gotta tell you boys during the break I wolfed down a New York breakfast bagel like I was oh my the chair. God. <laughs> oh was it
2: good was it ever good <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that <laughs> sounds delightful. I might have to go get one that will pale in comparison, but the bagel breakfast sandwich sounds like a good idea right now. Yeah,
1: it's fine. And I that, had I, ra- I had Raisin Bran, and we didn't have normal milk, so I had my, my daughter's, like, 3.5% milk on oh, it. It was just a disaster. Nothing worse. <laughs> nothing worse. Why don't you just put oat milk in it? I know. Oh, uh, atrocious. So
2: we got a text on the text line, and – this isn't even a question. It's a statement from a nameless texter who says, Kadri is now a legitimate Consmite candidate. I will now proceed to set myself on fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would be he, true if Nathan McKinnon wasn't the best player, you know, going down. Yeah, it's, now, but, Or McCarr. There's two guys ahead of him. Yeah.
2: McCarr and, and McKinnon are both But way he is ahead a candidate.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, we, we talk
0: about. Uh, uh, three primary assist guys uh, to open up the game and when I'm watching I I see the chances he he doesn't capitalize or, or uh, someone else doesn't capitalize on a great play that he made like I'm <laughs> watching some nights and I'm thinking he could end up with four or five points six points a night with the chances that he gets he's never not around the puck or around mm-hmm. the net and making plays yeah, yeah.
1: Miko ran and he, go ahead, Sammy. No, I was just gonna say
2: that the the touch on that pass across, like you know, it's a two on one. It's it's a, a quote unquote, I guess, easy pass for an NHLer. But just to wait until the perfect time for Smith to think he's shooting, and then just feather it into the perfect spot. That was a beautiful pass in the two on one.
0: Do you guys remember uh, last night watching, um, and, oh, uh, the sidle was not in a very good mood, but they opened up a, a face-off. I think it was after they made it 3 nothing, and uh, he high-sticks Kadri, and then mm-hmm. ranton comes in, and then he high-sticks Rantanen, too. There was no call um, because you're not getting that call at uh, at a 3-0 uh, deficit on, on a sidle. But then, you know, I've got the TNT feed and I'm watching as they, as the camera pans to the bench. And there's Rantanen talking to Kadri and having a really strong conversation. And you can see Kadri just absorbing everything that Rantanen was telling him. And... I know it's it's that moment where uh, a guy like Rantanen is talking Kadri and and saying listen we're up three nothing and you're playing great you don't let that guy bother you you don't let him get under your skin and you know to me it's about it was always about how you manage Kadri and how you put him in a position to be successful that's one of the things I'll always go back on uh, with Kadri and the Leafs against Boston is that you know he, he got himself in that mess because you probably number one didn't surround him around with other guys that could probably you know put him in a situation where they could either calm him down or give him support in the in that physicality but I don't think the Leafs managed him very well. And Joe Joe Sackick had every reason to get rid of him after what he did against the St. Louis Blues and and Justin Falk. But he didn't. The only
1: thing, Kipper, the only thing that I will say, just in the uh, gotta-see-both-sides-ism here, is these guys, like Kadri, whose wires cross, are reformed until they're not. Like Brad Marchand, who went, what, five years... Without an incident until an incident, and then another incident. Like you're yeah. right, you can manage these guys for a while, but yeah. it's coming. It's, it's just okay. a matter of managing when you need them.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take the four years in between. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. With a with bad decision. Hundred percent agree. <laughs> I,
1: I agree. Are we out of
0: time? How? Who? Whose idea was it to go to an hour? I've got so much more I want to <laughs> say. <laughs> Same to gravy in the game tonight. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, thanks for a great week, guys. And thanks for allowing me to do a little uh, extra here in New York. Uh, glad we got the show going. Our thanks to Adam Graves, JB, Sammy. Yeah, buddy. File thanks those expenses to Sportsnet, buddy. I will. <laughs> Enjoy everybody the weekend. We'll see you on Monday.